When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to a weekend editions here at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are in the single barrel, the amazing steakhouse you need to be at if you're a Nebraska football fan. The Northwestern buses are, well, they're started. Yeah. And uh, Northwestern will uh, matriculate out and uh, load and take off for 10th and Vine here shortly. Chris Schmidt, Mark Kranek. I got a bit of an issue with that. What are they, three blocks from the stadium? Four? <laughs> you're going to get on a bus? So you're going to tell them to walk? You guys are in peak physical condition. You can't walk four blocks. Yeah, it's not like says, they're carrying their pads. That, a truck handles all that stuff. True. Come on, Come true. on Northwestern. We, Come on. Uh, we are here till 5, the weekend edition morning show. We are doing the old Monday night football, Thursday night football. Yeah, it's kind of like... Sunday night football flex scheduling, so... This weekend and next for primetime extravaganza coverage. What, what's that, what was that Michigan final? I thought it was 38-10. to 10. All right. But you have five Wisconsin turnovers. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking more like 21-10. Okay. I'm going to pick it up. you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, follow us. Oh, course, I got thoughts today. ES, ESPNLincoln.com is where you stream us. At ESPN uh, Lincoln Facebook is where you find us. Elijah Herbal is back at our ESPN studio. So we're here till 5 on the show, 38-17. 38-17 final, including 18 points in the fourth and a lot Michigan. of And a lot of those were, were turnovers. Again, Wisconsin's main quarterback, who was not uh, great anyway. Cincinnati's getting all up in Notre Dame right now, too. 17, nothing there. Yeah, that's, that's over. Uh, yeah. And uh, you have Lane and, and Saban going at it. Cranek, I like this here for the folks watching on yeah. Facebook. You've got the black so, shirt. Chenander thing going. I like it, brother. This was a Hale Varsity special edition. I know, and, and you got yeah. it, and I didn't. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I know. You got a lot of other perks, though. I will, you you know, do. That's good. That's you know? good. So, uh, numbers to get in. If you're on your way to the ball game, can dial up. Throw us a prediction, 466-3776 or 800. I got thoughts, man. 825-5865. Rewind coming up with former Northwestern coach Gary Barnett. In hour two, Brandon Vogel will join us at around 4.06. And then live and in person, the Iron Horse himself, Gary Sharp, will be on site with us. Our sit-down with Nick Henrich around 4.50 before we skedaddle. He sounds surprisingly like Ronnie Green. He sounds like Ronnie Green. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, completely. Did you think that, too? I didn't know if I was. Did I you almost put two and two him, together there? I almost called him Ronnie. Seriously. I'm kidding. I did Listen not. Listen to him. How yeah. about Nebraska's middle linebacker play? We're just How about so Nebraska's excited. front seven? 
How about Nebraska's defense? Any ball game well, left we're excited. on this schedule. Nebraska's in it, be it Michigan next week, be it Northwestern tonight, be it Minnesota, who uh, survived in the rain at Purdue to move to three into 20 to, to 13. Uh, Nebraska's defense will pack their hard hat and keep them in. Yeah, well, that's what you think. You know what it is, though, man? I was thinking about it on the way here. It is recalibration time. Like, we don't realize it because we're in it. So let's just, let's just back up a little. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's take the 30,000-foot view, you know, as they say in, like, corporate America. Like, seriously, let's just back up a little bit. Let's remember this. And this is not in defense of Frost. I'm going to put out this disclaimer now because I don't know is it if it's going to work out. Saturday? Well, I'm going to put out this disclaimer of this is not in defense of Frost, but this is I think it is time to recalibrate, and I think we are looking at a program that is doing just that. There's some examples of they of, are of, re- of how. Dude, okay, rewind to 2018 when Frost gets announced. I think he was actually announced in 17, but you know what I'm saying. Right. For the 2018 season. Seven years... People forget that. Seven years, $35 million. And who was pissed about that? Nobody was pissed about the seven years. You were happy he took Nebraska's $5 million over Florida's, over Central Florida's. Uh-huh. And embedded within that seven years, which is unheard of, everybody gets four years. Nobody gets seven. Who gets a seven-year contract? Five. Well, you get seven, and then you get two tacked on. So well, you're at nine. But who gets a seven-year contract? Nobody gets a seven-year contract. So embedded within that. Because I, do, I don't remember a single call, a single email, a single text. People like, what the hell are we doing seven years? Nobody was pissed about that because... You get what you pay for, you're supposed to. Well, embedded within that, though, is the realization that this is a project. Because what he was inheriting... I'm not talking about talent. I'm not talking about speed. I'm talking about just a mental train wreck of a program. Culture. A mental train wreck. Of a program, you saw people for when I start seeing this stuff comparing Frost to like Riley's years, just stop. Riley pissed away like Come on. two 11 win teams, dude. Legit, listen, they the, got nine. Do you, do, does anybody remember Penn State, Iowa down the stretch 2017? I mean, that that team had folded the tent, uh, Ohio and, State. Oh, dude, I mean, it didn't even belong on the same field, they didn't want to play, it, it, they did not want to play the sport of football. That literally, right? And Travis Fisher has even talked about that. He talked about that early, just like, hey, we're just trying to get guys that love football, that like to play, I don't know, the sport they're on freaking scholarship for. So that's what we are dealing with right now. And here's what the plan was for Frost. I don't know why I'm thinking this is recalibration Long time, but I really runway. do. No, it is uh, because you've seen progress. You've seen you Nebraska. Coulda, woulda, shoulda the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. And now you get to see him bounce back after absolute emotional gut wrench. You're going to see a new group on the offensive line. You're going to see an angry, pissed-off defense. And you're going to see Nebraska needing to do what they couldn't the last two weeks because Northwestern will outcoach you. Northwestern will out-execute you. Northwestern will be patient. (laughs) But they won't out-talent you. No. No, so, this is this is the least impressive collection of athletes uh, or, or collection of just players. Go, go that down, Northwestern go down the hall and tell them. I'm just saying. <laughs> now they could kick my ass. I'm just saying. No, but but when you look at offense, so here was the plan coming in. 
I think you give him seven years because embedded within that is the understanding that it was going to be a mental project, one. And then two, you want to give him the room to make mistakes. That's why you give him seven years. And listen, his plan, his plan offensively coming in sounded like a good plan. It failed. We are currently looking at an offense that is completely recalibrating. His ideas of what he was going to run on offense didn't work out. And guess what? It ain't going to work out. That style is not going to work. But you gave him seven years knowing. You didn't know exactly what. You didn't know exactly what, but you gave him room. You gave him rope to make mistakes, recalibrate, figure stuff out. He wanted to be a go-fast, no-huddle offense, but then everybody that could actually contribute to that transferred away. He didn't know that there were going to be those kind of problems, but there are. Right, and so now he knows that. Now he now he knows the types of guys that he has to recruit. He understands sort of the, the lay of the land of the Big Ten and blah blah blah. So they're totally it's recalibrating offensively. The football, it's it's possessions. It's yeah. It's 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 Big Ten football. The thing I wonder about is to your recalibration. Yeah. Point. Can you recalibrate how you're going to run the football? Because you have certain yeah. offensive linemen that look like Iowa and Wisconsin. Mismatch parts, right? But they are not doing or able to do what you want to do with your ski. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's We are looking at a transitional. This is a transitional year. We don't, we don't want to admit it, but that's what's happening. You, you know how everybody talks about the offense doesn't have an identity? Well, it had one, but then its parts didn't quite match it. So you're in, tr- you're in transition now. You know, you were building it around guys like Luke McCaffrey, like Wandale Renane here. And those are their own issues. I'm not excusing that. But again, you gave him seven years to have things like that happen. And I think what you're starting to see is a guy that realizes, listen, Nebraska was a Big Ten team back when he was in the Big Eight. They just had a mobile quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I think he's sort of real. Like, you know, they're a, a Big Ten team. Basically, there's playing. a lot of like a lot of gray area crossover with with uh, with Nebraska, Big Eight, Big Twelve, Big Ten. They were like a Big Ten team playing in the Big Eight with a mobile quarterback. Their style was very much that, and I think he's coming to the realization. And this stuff takes time, though. These are tectonic shifts; they're well, not immediate. You shifts. can't microwave an offensive line. No, there's no. <laughs> Thank hur- you, microwave. You, yes, you, there's no hurry up and be great uh, like Rob Zadiska or. Lundberg or Graham like, oh. or Stye by your sophomore year, but that's no. that's third year in the program. We're talking about kids who yeah. are are into year two and three in the program, but they're not into year year three or four starting. No, and no, it, and and it is it's not uniform across no. the board. So this isn't excuse making. This is reality. And your case in point to recalibration immediately. They knew defensively. What do we got to do? We got to get bigger and stronger yeah. and faster. And you look at you look at the growth, and you can see this eventually on offense, but you're seeing it pay off year three and a half on defense because after 2018 mm-hmm. Iowa, they went to work, they recruited different, they developed different, and they just said we better get damn tough against the run. Yeah. And and you've seen the super senior influence pay off, and I really I'm and then and then you've seen some young guys. Like a Henrich, like a Reimer, and then you've seen guys that Nelson. have been in the program, like like uh, Nelson, and of course like Caleb Tanner. They're playing good ball. Yeah. They're playing. They're it's playing mentality. smart, good football mentality. on the edge. You can't run at Nebraska's edge. You got heat-seeking missiles 
Long coming in like uh, Dismuke and, 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 and Williams. Yep. And then your defensive line is pretty deep and pretty good. Elijah, you wanted to jump in real quick. Yeah, and to continue on your point, you said the microwave. Well, well what's happened with the defense here is you put a brisket in and let it go low and slow at 200 for eight <laughs> hours. And the offense, yes. they're putting a brisket in at 500 and trying to get it cooked up all in one season every single year. Put it in at 500 and it comes out chewy and bad every single time. <laughs> and, and, and there ain't enough rub to put on that bad boy to be so true. to be worth it because and we'll say the rub is your quarterback and your skill guys. Yeah. Right? But yeah, it, it is about the rub. It, it is what it is. It's yeah, a, the rub will it's only take the you smoke so far. Rate. It's about the smoke <laughs> The rate. rub will only take you so far. The rub will elevate that brisket if it's been cooked right. But if it hasn't been cooked right, you're just going to say, well, okay, this brisket tastes all right, but, I mean, I can't even chew it. So look at defeat defense. Hell of an analogy. Look at defense right now. And, and remember what they were saying back in the day. Do you, uh, you know, we got guys that don't even like the sport. And that was kind of obvious because they were really given up at the end of the Mike Riley era. There were people that seriously did not like the sport of football. And there's a lot of people that transferred, quit, whatever. The, you can't say that about the defense now. Like, to a man, you can tell those dudes love it. They love the grind. They know what the defense is. They know it inside and out. And they execute it. And they execute it, right? Offensively, you tried to do this go-fast thing. Frost, I remember calling him out about it from the beginning, where he's like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to combine Husker power. It's a great idea. With Oregon speed. I'm like, so Alabama? Is that basically <laughs> what you're saying? Like, you're just going to, oh, why didn't I think about it? Get them huge and super fast. Like, good luck with that, bro. Like, I hope that works, but usually you have to choose one or the other. He chose speed. Didn't work out. Ain't working out. Everybody knows that. Everybody's good with tempo now, anyway. He need, now, but, so it needs it needs to be kind of that. There's that eighty twenty rule, bro. You need to be eighty percent power, sprinkling some twenty percent speed. That, that's it. Period. You're not gonna. You can't mix the two, unless you're in Tuscaloosa, with Nick Saban and forty eight offensive analysts well, and the latest previously successful head coach. That's now your offensive coordinator. Think about like, this too. Just not the, not only the the elite talent that, that Bama's bringing in and then reloading with, but also the the sheer fact that Nebraska ain't alone. As much as it's pained you, as a Nebraska fan, the last two weeks and then going back to Illinois, yeah. uh, Wisconsin, uh, ten points off of special teams mishaps today, oh, yeah. turnovers an issue. Uh, that, so they're not alone. Clemson's offensive yeah. line is getting dismantled because they're all playing freshman or redshirt freshman yeah. with, with no ATN running the football. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no – Or catching out of the backfield. There's no Amir, yeah. like, to, to, to make it all better. Yeah. So yeah. Nebraska's not alone in some of those warts. The, but no. but the point is, is uh, they have they have been right there, and you're, you're wanting to see progress. You're wanting to see – uh, a, a different football team in year four. There's an expectation, yeah. and they're doing enough to to pull you in Al Pacino style. But it's still today's so huge because uh, you're going to get a you're going to get a third crack at, <laughs> at having to play smart, disciplined football while you, by the way, out talent this team. Yeah. So can you can you do it? And and then also again from a mental standpoint bounce up off the uh, the canvas special teams is a whole another discussion well we talked uh, to, to elijah's brisket take with the o-line to the to the build with the defensive front seven and secondary you have special teams that was not cared about thought about uh because 
again, back to the Oregon and power combo. Special teams didn't matter because you're not going to kick the ball. You're putting 50 a game up. Dude, you're like smoking grilled cheese or something. With, like, it just like special teams are just like, what are you doing? Like, what? <laughs> stop. Like, I'm going to put my pizza rolls in the smoker. No, stop. Like, just get, you, no. If you do fry them, they're pretty good. No, it, it, it's, sure. it's 30 minutes before all your guests arrive, and you realize you haven't even started on the side dishes. You've only been working on that brisket for the past six hours, and you still have, you, you promised mac and cheese. You promised baked beans. I love you, the food taste. You promised cornbread. Day. You had all yeah. these side dishes, these nice complimentary dishes. That you now just don't even have time to make, and you go, well, I guess we're going to make the best of it. Like, that's yeah, what and so then you take is. your canned chicken, you take your canned Spam. chicken, you douse it in barbecue sauce, you mix it up, and you call it pulled chicken. It's like, no, that's canned chicken mixed with barbecue sauce. There's, what, what are you doing? So, to my credit, I did have food ready for kickoff last week, right? We were able to eat, eat, eat a half hour before but, kick off and, and go from there. But look, special teams, I think at this point this year, what you could probably most hope for, I guess, is just stop the bleeding for now. Okay? Like, you, 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 do you got, need you got glue? Some, do you need staples? Do you need stitches? Do you need a band-aid? Stop the bleeding. But right? I'm asking like, what type of like we, stoppage. Dante Hall and Devin Hester ain't on this team, obviously. Huh. Right? There's no Ray Guy. There's no There's no Jesse Cush. There's give, me no, a, give me a Reggie Roby side. Uh, there's None of that. That's not happening. Just stop the bleeding. Field a couple punts. Right? Maybe maybe return a kick to the 25 occasionally. Maybe bring a, a backup you know? punt returner with you on the road. Let's kick 35-yarders. Let's see Nixon today. Let's punt the ball, like, I don't know, in the general vicinity of where you're supposed to punt it. Dolman nailed it. Don't kick it today. I mean. Do, be, be, be good enough on offense to not have to punt. I mean, you remember DeMorde Pearsonell. That was his Twitter handle. Don't punt. To, to 15. Yeah, man. I think, but, but I mean, that's a whole nother thing, and that obviously has to get reworked too. So what I think is happening, big picture, I think defense, they've established what they want to be. They've recruited to it. They got some dudes. They look like they'll be all right next year too, right? The super seniors are definitely helping, but they look like they'll be all right. Because I don't think they'll be. Do- I don't think this is going to be a dominant black shirt vintage defense well, anytime yeah. soon. But you I think lo- it's you, pretty good. You lose a guy like JoJo. Yeah, looking ahead, that's Damian big. Daniels is probably going to be gone. The, the, both safeties are going to be gone. Yeah. Taylor Britt's going to be gone. You're going to lose some guys for sure. But, but you're also bringing time, back. You've, you've had time to build guys behind them. Straight up. Yep. You're going to lose Stilly. That's not cool. But you got Ty Robinson. You got Casey Rogers. You got the whole linebacking crew. Just about. You got Quentin Newsom. You, you got, got Noah Polar Bear Gates. waiting He's in back the there. Yeah. You got yeah. yeah. The nut smasher is is uh, ready to go too. So you you know you. You will probably be okay defensively. Offensively, they need to figure their stuff out, and they need to recalibrate. They probably already have, but you can't do it right away. Where it's like you're obviously not going to be this tempo team. You're not going to be this it's like okay, Oregon it's speed It's okay guy. to be able to do some tempo, but yeah, that's not just, you. Just go downhill. It's not meat you. and potatoes, smash mouth football. Yeah. You've got special we, teams. You just got to blow up entirely. There are the offensive line to do it. I mean, you get a chance to see Teddy today, Noeli. Uh, at a guard spot, Sichterman, Bando, perhaps, and then huh. you're, you're going to move Corker uh, into right tackle, and then there's Ben Hart, who him and Banks. If Banks didn't jack his hand, Banks would be a guard option. Yeah, but who knows? You can't play offensive line with just one hand, and then uh, Ben Hart right now is probably too big to move inside. You want to know how much sense this team makes, though? Zero. And here's a case in point. Okay, so like we would all agree that the offensive line can't really pass block, right? Like, they're pretty bad at pass blocking. They allow Out too much edge. pressure, yeah, right? Yeah, One of the worst in the country. 
Yeah. Pretty, and not, not very good at run blocking either, right? Like, they just kind of, you know, can't really get the run game going. So they're not really good at just blocking, period. Like, the core of what you need to be a good offense. But this team ranks 25th nationally in yards per game. So, hold on. You're telling me that you have an offensive line that cannot block. They can't pass block. They cannot run block. Consistently. You, you don't have a running back that can go for 100. Nobody's sniffing 100 yards from the running back position. Now you got a revolving door and receiver. Nobody can stay healthy at the receiver position. You're 25th. Like, what? How does that happen? It makes no sense. Number, and the, num- the answer num- is. Number two. Yeah, the answer is Adrian Martinez scrambling and picking up 60-yard chunks a couple times a game. Like, I know that. <laughs> but it just makes no damn sense. And then on the flip side, defensively, we're all in on the black shirts. Nobody's criticized. Everybody's like, oh, it might be the best defense since Sue was walking around here in 2009. Everybody's all in on the black. Dude, there's like a very pedestrian 50th in yards allowed. Well, they're, they're, number, <laughs> they're number nine in their own league. Yeah, I mean, they're not, it just the team makes no damn sense. They are hard. They are hard to watch sometimes because you're just like, what? Huh? No, they're hard to drive. They're, they, they're hard to drive the field on, and they've been – very opportunistic from a, making a play. In third downs and fourth downs, they've been great. It's, they've been really good in, in situational football, and from a red zone has. standpoint, they've been pretty good that route as well. I mean, so they, uh, they'll bend, but they have not broken. I'm just worried about the day where they, the, the levy breaks. It could where, happen. Where the offense isn't yeah. peeing a drop. And the defense is just on the field all day. Well, and the offense helped yeah. them out last week where you want, to look, you want to look at time of possession. We're talking 18-minute advantage by Nebraska. Hey. And, and, you, and you cross into territory, even with, with Smothers early in the game, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, no, let me jump wrongly, and here's five, here's first and 15. Oops, here's first and 20. The last two weeks you've had a drive that crossed the 50. Then went backwards because it turned first and 10 after a nice third down conversion turned into first and 20. This might explain, now Nebraska's not the only team that has had to deal with this, but a lot of the procedure penalties, the false starts, some of the first times that these guys have played in front of crowds. Well, that's, that's it. That's that the is take. something that's worth. The reality. Yeah, this is something worth just, you know, just tuck it away. Now, if you get four more of those tonight, like, oh. I'm chucking batteries. Everybody, I'm kidding. Everybody, Don't do that. Everybody, do that. everybody drank. Like, and what do you throw now, man? We would throw oranges. What do you throw now? Like, what, what bowl are we hoping for? Uh, we throw blue bonnets? I think, that, I think the... the what, do, uh, what do we throw? There should be some vaccination bowl or something. Yeah, that probably. Prompts up. <laughs> the Pfizer bowl? <laughs> Pfizer bowl? <laughs> the Vaxer bowl? Hmm. Just throw hypodermic needle? I don't know. I don't wow. even know what we would throw. Uh, but it's... Look, man. They're recalibrating offensively. They're trying to figure their stuff out. Martinez, thank God he's here because he is like. And give him enough NIL geez. to bring him back next year. With a I con- don't think he'll want to. Well, but where's he going to go? I don't think he'll want to. Right, CFL. All right. That's what I think. You can make more money doing NIL than you can in the CFL. That's probably true. So here's what we know. We know that Saturday you felt this team had never win a game again. Uh, and they are cursed. Sunday, you're done watching Nebraska football. <laughs> Tuesday, the defense is pretty damn good, so you're, getting, you're being brought back around. Yeah. Wednesday, you move to, well, if, if special teams get cleaned up, <laughs> we have a chance. And, and, and by yesterday, after four Jack Daniels, 
this team can win four in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw that tweet. It's a great tweet. It is good. I, I, I'm sitting there like, it, that's what's so funny about this team, too, is that despite all these worst, team cannot pass block, they cannot run block, they cannot kick an extra point, they can't kick a field goal, they can't field a punt, they can't cover a punt, they can't do any of those things. But most score predictions are in and around 31-17 scores. <laughs> no, I think it's, no problem. I think it's like a 13-10 going into the fourth quarter and Nebraska gets a couple touchdowns. Going against the Northwestern nerds that are rolling up in here like, you know, all of them got like 35s on their ACT. Probably. You know, they're just out. They're playing chess the whole – they're playing chess right now. We don't even know it. Well, they're, they're doing they're so yoga. Smart. They're stretching out. They're – yeah. It was funny. We were we were here yesterday. Uh, every home football Friday, four to six. Searles was doing the pregame or the the Friday show with us, and Fitzy, you know, gets off the bus and kind of waves at Searles because Searles was in his office a few years back oh. on a, on a, unofficial, and they're trying to talk old Searles into another SAT run. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there you go. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, coming up, the rewind with Gary Barnett, Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt down here at the Single Barrel. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Real Red Reaction starts immediately following Nebraska Northwestern. Bill Hooks, Elijah Herbal, and uh, Will Wilson. Uh, they are going to be doing the post game for you. We are on the road again, and it's powered by your friends at Arrow Brokerage, a full-service real estate brokerage uh, operated by local real estate investors, and they specialize in that real estate investment. And uh, they've got a mighty team of talented realtors that can help you in all faculties of real estate. That's buying, that's selling, that's staging, and, and that is investing, and much more. Uh, be sure to uh, check in with uh, Jenny Limbach and uh, Marcus Schmidt with Arrow Brokerage. Brokerage at AeroLincoln.com, the email. Website, AeroLincoln.com backslash brokerage. And uh, for the socials, find them on Facebook at AeroLNK and Instagram at Arrow underscore Lincoln. We are going to step away. Uh, more thoughts as Nebraska Northwestern get rolling. Great time here at the Single Barrel. 250 whiskeys to choose from. The, uh, the the top golf simulators have been turned into monster big screens. So you got a little Ole Miss Bama on. Uh, Cincinnati is backhanding Notre Dame. And, uh, of course, you got some Big Ten action going along with K-State and Oklahoma. So some good ball leading up to Nebraska and Northwestern. That is Mark Cranach. Watch us on StreamYard, ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is clean-shaven. Back at our studios, and uh, we'll step away. Coming up, uh, the Rewind with former Northwestern coach, Hall of Famer Gary Barnett. His take on Nebraska Northwestern. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow, the weekend edition on ESPN Lincoln. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to the coach at Northwestern and Colorado, Gary Barnett, back with us. Coach, we'll dive into the purple and uh, red for Saturday, homecoming for, for Nebraska. You had uh, a late one against Arizona State. Coach, were you able to at least, well, find a way to watch a little bit of Nebraska-Michigan State? Well, I, I did. I I was, uh, we were, we had go, we'd go on the air like a little over over two hours before the game, and so right. I was looking. I was looking into the booth next door to me, watching it while we were doing our pregame. And I'm watching the game. Sort of kept my eye on it anyway. And then all of a sudden, I look up, and there was a guy 
in green running real fast with nobody around me. <laughs> I went, oh no, how did this happen? Because it, it looked like Nebraska was going to be able to put it away there at the end of the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, there's a guy running free into the end zone and boom, it all changes. They came back from a, from a deficit. Shoot, a lot of good signs in there, a lot of good things happening. And then all of a sudden, yeah, that happened. And that's what happens when you're struggling, Chris, oh. when you're not... Getting on all cylinders, the details that you're putting out there aren't being collected by by players. Take me into that, Coach, with just your job as a teacher and as a coach. And it's a process, and you got to know your your kids and your team and your coaches with just how finite it's it's got to be. Whether you're telling a guy kick it kick it to the right and he you make sure he understands it or the the fact they they miss miss kick in some big moment the punt return was brutal but yet you also had punts of seven and 25 yard it's just a mess and coach frost touched on the fact that a new fire pops up and what is your a reason or a why when you have repeat issue chris i think some of it has to do with just your culture uh, in fact i think that's a great a great part of it. Once the culture gets established that this is what we do, this is how we do it, and everybody in that locker room holds everybody else responsible for details, and part of your culture has to be details, uh, paying attention to details, holding other people responsible for details, explaining to young guys as they're coming along, uh, the, the veterans in the locker room, that Everything has to be detailed, that the game is won or lost because you don't pay attention to details. And uh, once that's established, and you know what, it takes some time until you've got, I mean, if you've had a lot of turnover in players, uh, and this portal is going to affect all that. You're going to see less detailing going on, being able to be accomplished because of the, the, the all the things that are happening with the portal and guys going in and out it's got to be a culture of it when when the older guys in that locker room and that at in each one of the position meetings explains and shows and holds the younger guys to it then it becomes your responsibility when you're not a younger guy anymore to hold the next group to it and it can't just be the coaches and you can but you're not going to be successful for long i mean you're not going to be a consistent winning program year in year out doing the right things because there are programs like that you look at alabama's process as he calls it it's the same thing it's a culture of doing everything detailed and people holding each other accountable to it so until that happens you know, and Nebraska's had a lot of turnover. Look how many receivers you've lost in the last three years. Look how many players you've had go in and out of there. And uh, I don't know about coaches how much turnover there's been there. When there's a lot of changeover in players, that's where it happens. You never have a chance to get and understand and enforce your culture. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You know, offensive line's also been an issue. We're talking 18 sacks in five games, 12 sacks the last two games. And uh, you don't have to blitz. You can get home with three, get home with four. 28 pressures by just the two defensive ends by Michigan State Saturday night. Adrian's been incredible, but he's also been running for his life. And uh, no doubt the O-line's feeling it. Did you spend extra time? Was that a weekly thing or was that a as-needed thing with your position coaches if there was a unit struggling? If you have an entire unit struggling, then it's, it's a hard day of work. 
I can tell you that. Things like what you're talking about, giving up that many sacks, you know, sometimes you run a scheme offensively where you don't worry about that sort of stuff. Some people don't worry about that because they think their scheme will take care of all that stuff. Well, you look down in your scouting report, you've got a guy that's got five sacks and six tackles for a loss. Let me tell you, you better block him first, and you better find a way to block him first. And if you have to get help, you get help because that guy's going to disrupt your entire offense if you don't. And now that was my philosophy. That is not everybody's philosophy. And you know what? You know, philosophies are philosophies. Everybody's got one. But, um, you know, what I would do and what I would – our offensive coaches, and this was at my insistence, was you look at that scouting report and you've got anybody on that scouting report that has really outstanding numbers then that guy's disruptive and you better solve that problem first before you go to the others. But that's just my approach. And um, so, uh, you know, that's a lot of 18 sacks and five games. That's a lot of sacks. And uh, I don't care where you are, uh, especially when you're running as much option as you're running. That's a lot of sacks, man. So there's some sort of an issue there that, you know, you really have to solve before you can become a consistent football team a few minutes here gary barnett with his coach i, I look at at the the recruiting rankings right with some of the kids brought in and they're they're talented kids uh they're big i mean they are big 10 big six seven six eight six nine and uh you want you want behemoth tackles but you also got to be able to to be flexible and bend and then move your feet to protect that edge and they're they're kind of in a gray area, to be honest, with they're young because they are, but they're they're also into, you know, a second season now of starting and jobs are open this week. And I don't know that you've got any more experienced or or better players behind them because these guys won the job for a reason. What's the latest you went into the year still tinkering with your offensive line? Well, it just it depended on the year, Chris. It just depended on, you know, I'm watching Colorado every week, and we got we're pretty experienced. We got like ten guys, but we can't find a a five man gotcha. rhythm. You know, we're we're doing the same thing. We're, you know, and offensive line is by far the hardest position to play and hardest position to coach. So, uh, you know, it's um, just what it is. Coach, you, right? You you can't overlook that position, man, and you can't over, overlook how important the, that coaching of that position is as you go through. So, yeah, it's tough. There's no question about it. Coach, uh, thought on Saturday, Northwestern, Nebraska. This thing will be about a three-pointer again, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't – you know, I watch – look at Northwestern's numbers and, and – um, the only thing that would make it a three-pointer was because uh, there is a decent rivalry mm-hmm. established now. I mean, I think Northwestern likes playing Nebraska, and and they, even though they may not be as talented, I think, and, and I don't think they are as talented as Nebraska, and their numbers sort of show that. Uh, for some reason, the uh, middle piece of this is jumps up and Northwestern plays them tougher than probably it looks like they should. But on paper, you know, it's, you know, they're both scoring about the same number of points, but, mm-hmm. and, and really you look at points allowed 
it's not too far apart. I think Northwestern's 20 a game, Nebraska's 17, but they're, the competition they've played have been, it's a little bit different. You know, and Northwestern struggled against Michigan State. And they struggled against uh, anybody really that's, uh, you know, a power five opponent. They've beaten two MAC opponents, and um, they really haven't run them off off the table. So their stats are a little pumped up. Um, but, you know, they allow 396 yards a game. That's a lot. And that that's without – only playing with playing two max schools. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a struggle for Northwestern. I think that they're a year away. They're playing a lot of new guys in the secondary, giving up a lot of passing yardage. And they're, um, you know, they're, they lost two first rounders off of that team. And at, at Northwestern, you can't lose two, two first rounders and, and rebound from that. Real quick. You don't have another one to take his place. So, uh, I, I don't think this game is um, should be a problem for Nebraska if they if they just you know even if they play as well as they did against uh, Michigan State they should win this game but you know if you don't you, you never know and like I said the, the the mental piece of it here where Northwestern feels like they have an edge whether they do or not that comes into play so. You might get a good game, another three-pointer, absolutely. Well, and that's where I'm wondering, um, you know, where's Nebraska's psyche at after Oklahoma, then Sparty, and uh, do, do you get off off the mat with a couple of gut punches because the team that's going to make you be perfect more times than not because Coach Fitz does such a great job is Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern Iowa really make you do details, and Nebraska's not done details uh, at all, uh, really well this season. So, I don't know. Are you are you concerned about the quarterback spot? I mean, I know that's been a kind of a merry-go-round there for Northwestern. Well, yeah, Hunter Johnson's he's got four touchdown passes and four interceptions. That's you don't like that ratio. Yeah, um, and that's been a struggle. And he struggled when he when he came when he transferred in there two years ago. So, yeah, I think uh, the big difference for Northwestern a year ago was uh, Peyton Ramsey, the oh, transfer yeah. from from Indiana. He turned that football team. That was the best looking football team at Northwestern I've seen in a while. And it, it it takes a guy like that to do it. And they just don't seem to have a trigger man that can do that again this year. Coach, we'll do some rapid fire. I know uh, SC comes to town for you guys and uh, they're, they're wobbling a bit. How are the buffs feeling uh, after, after another tough week? Well, you know, the buffs are ranked, 127th and 128th in every offensive category. Now there's only 130, Chris, and I'm going to look up and see who could possibly be worse than us. But uh, uh, that's and we're, we're our whole problem comes down to quarterback play. We just have have had um, really young, inexperienced uh, quarterback play. We can't get the ball thrown. We've only thrown one pick, but we won't throw the football. Yeah. And so, I mean, we call the plays, but he won't throw them. So it's it's really frustrating. Our leading pass receiver, for example, has seven catches in Jeez. four games. So, um, yeah, it, it's a struggle for us with those numbers. So we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle all year until that position gets fixed. And, frankly, I don't see a fix because there's he's only got two scholarship quarterbacks. One's a redshirt freshman. The other's a true freshman. And um, they can't afford to lose either one of them. But 
so they can't run them much. So he calls in a real bind here at the quarterback spot. Upset alert for Iowa. They are at Maryland, and both teams are unbeaten. I guess I haven't watched enough of Maryland to be that respectful of them, but I sure <laughs> like Iowa. You know, I sure like Iowa. I like the way they play football. Um, so I no, I'm not going to take the upset, but uh, I'll be interested in watching. I mean, I like Tua. I really do. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our little, little Tua name. Yeah. Little to him. But I, I like him. I think he's a good player. He really turns that program around, I think. But gosh, Iowa is such a complete team. Well, Arkansas whacked A&M, and now they head to Georgia. That's a back-to-back. What do you think? I like what Arkansas's coach is doing. They, they've got He's got some belief down there. Yeah, I agree. Everybody likes Sam Pittman. Well, I, it's an 18-and-a-half-point spread. I can't believe that when I see it. Um I think Georgia's going to win the game, but I don't, I don't see it by anywhere close to 18 and a half. I don't think Georgia can put that many points on the board. Is uh, it do or die for Wisconsin? Michigan rolls into town. No question. Wisconsin is, I mean, they are, have been way overrated. Mertz has not played well since he's making all the money, although I don't think that's the reason. But he has not played well this year, and uh, Michigan is playing very well. To see that Wisconsin was a one-point favorite, you know, those guys must know a lot more than I know because I could could never see that spread. Okay, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Man, Coach Fickle does a great job. The Irish are are, uh, charmed is the word I use. What do you think? I think that leprechaun gets left at home this week. I think Cincinnati gets them. I think uh, a leprechaun doesn't come out of the locker room. Um, and they're, you know, Cincinnati's favorite in this game. So there's yeah. um, a lot of people. I think there's more hope in that uh, spread than there is reality because yeah. Notre Dame's still playing pretty well and they know how to, they know how to win. So uh, I think we're all rooting for Cincinnati more than betting on them. So. Ole Miss and Alabama, is it woodshed time for Lane? Does, 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 he, does Coach Saban give Lane a spanking here, or do you think this is a shoot? No, I don't think so. I think I think 14.5 points is too many. I think this is going to be another shootout. Last year was 60 to whatever it was. I think it's been the same kind of game. Uh, Ole Miss has got a chance, and I think this is another game where, not every, you know, if it were some other somebody else coaching that Ole Miss team, everybody would be rooting for him. But Kiffin, you know, he's – He'll, uh, he'll, uh, he'll, half of the guys, half the people will be rooting for him and half of them won't. He's polarizing. So, um, I, again, I think everybody just wants Alabama to lose, but, um, I, I don't think, I don't think Alabama will cover in this game, but I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Coach, have a great call against SC and thanks for a few minutes today. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Thank you. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, 
Mark Cranach, Weekend Edition, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. We have been handing out beads. People have been accepting beads. We have sunglasses. We have a lot of goodies from Budweiser. No one's even showed you anything to get those Well, Cranach, people have <laughs> – you, you, I don't want to tell folks what you did for your beads, but – Hey, listen. Long and short is you have, a, you have two, <laughs> you have two uh, bead necklaces on. Yeah. Alabama is absolutely throttling Ole Miss. Uh, word from Colorado is drugs must be great in Lincoln, Elijah Herbal, because you picked against uh, St. Nick. You picked against uh, the, the Bama machine. And again, I'll say this, Bama did jump out 21 to, to 3 last weekend. So we'll see if uh, Ole Miss keeps chopping wood. But it, it's quite ugly. Notre Dame getting slammed as well. I can assure you I was not on crack yesterday when I made that pick. I can assure you of that. Uh, but it is just it's not going well for the Rebs right now. That's That's for sure. Yeah, no, and it's probably not going to. Can I, can I tell you guys a quick little aside about the baseball game I, quote, coached, unquote, today? Okay. Nine, ten under. Sure. Right? Both teams tossed a no-hitter. Really? Both teams tossed a no-hitter. The final score was 12 to 12. What that means is... All walks. <laughs> literally, not a single ball was hit into play. Once. And it was 12. To, it went two innings. Yeah. That's all. That's all I had to say. That, that's a two-flask game. That's all I had that's to say. That's a two-flask like, game. Uh, we'll see how many flasks are needed tonight. Does Nebraska win comfortably? Does Nebraska win in a tight ball game against Northwestern? Put your uh, your your big red shades oh, on. Oh, sorry. Right I'll put them on. Do we have Brandon Vogel in the house? Yes, no, maybe. Oh, Brandon Vogel is with us, the managing editor from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. I'm Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, and uh, you can stream us on ESPN, Lincoln, Facebook. Uh, Gary Sharp is in the on-deck circle, uh, and uh, my nephew Dixon has been throwing out beads wildly. His arm is above reproach. Vogues, how are you doing, man? What do you think so far of... The day of Big Ten football, Michigan, Wisconsin, and, of course, Minnesota, Purdue, and uh, Ohio State handling their business against the Fighting Federals. Yeah, and the biggest result of the day, Illinois beating Charlotte. Um, oh. Well, yeah, good, they yeah. came back. <laughs> um, Minnesota, you know, I, watched, I ended up watching a good bit of that game because it was pouring rain and, uh, it was it was ugly. It, it, the scores were ugly a lot of other places. So credit to Minnesota for bouncing back. Like that wasn't easy for for them. They were having to really scheme everything for that one. Michigan, uh, pretty impressive. Just kind of slowly controlled that game and opened up a big lead. So what Michigan has done so far has been pretty unassailable, at uh, least in my view. And they're doing this in year seven of Harbaugh. A lot of folks had started to write him off in Ann Arbor and thought maybe a, he was going to go. Took a and, pay cut. Yep, took a pay cut. And so we were talking, Brandon, in the opening of the show, look, not to make excuses or defend or to say that it will work, but when Frost was hired, he was given seven years, $35 million. Nobody batted an eye about that. Everybody said seven years. With seemingly recognizing and understanding the magnitude of the rebuild that he was undertaking with that said do you and 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 also embedded within there brandon is the fact that 
look, you're affording him some rope to make some mistakes. Do you think that we are now looking at a program that is recalibrating, especially offensively, about what they wanted to do coming in, the recognition that that ain't going to work, and now they're going to a plan B? Uh, ask me again in about seven hours. Um, but, 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 no, I, 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 I see what you're saying, and it's, it's kind of it, – it's interesting because – so the, the options here are you can go the, the Harbaugh route, which almost nobody does. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, let's see what that is, the, the argument for it. Or you stay in the same cycle, which is most of college football and has been Nebraska for really minus the Bo Pelini era the entire 21st century of, well, you got about four years, and if it's, if it's not apparent that things are going great at that point, then it's time to start looking around. Which, you know, that, that really puts you in – coaching hires are such a crapshoot. There's like two, three, four hires, probably over three or four coaching change cycles that are just like slam dunks. And maybe that number is even high. Everything else is really – I don't want to call it luck of the draw, but there's just a lot of variance in that. Um, so a question Nebraska might have to face at some point this season is – do you sign up for more of that, or do you take kind of the contrarian approach and say, nope, we're going to be patient here um, and, and hope that offers a bigger return? Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogel's, let's look at, at what's worked when it comes to those coaching hires. Obviously, Saban, right, because he's a control freak, and the NFL is, is obviously not, not for him. He recruited well. He won in college. He did well at Michigan State, but with more resources, he killed it at LSU and now at Bama. Dabo was kind of a, the butt of a joke until they broke through. Dodge Boyd, uh, of course, uh, Deshaun Watson, and then Sunshine. Uh, that's a great three-year run at quarterback that elevated them. Texas, when they were good, they had Vince, they had Colt, so it really depends on how you hit a quarterback. And then there's Urban. But those are your three or four, right? SC coaching carousel, Tennessee coaching carousel. Florida finally got it right. Miami, Florida State. Yeah, Florida got it right with Mullen, but that was not new ground. They were just lucky to to get him, quite honestly, because of his history. Uh, Oklahoma, of course, uh, handed off. They've been good. So it's it's really about patience. And by that... If, if you're really ahead of the curve, it's year two, year three, wow, you pop. But in most instances, it's going to be a Dabo-type deal. And even with Frost in Nebraska, as you look at year four, you've seen some work. And to Cranach's point about this uh, this, this reset here, uh, it's, it's something where Nebraska has seen it on the defensive side, but you can't rush progress offensively. And that's really going to be a key for me today is, you know, what type of competency do you get out of your offensive line? Because it, that's what you can't microwave that and expect it to be uh, to be good. Nebraska's played a lot of young kids and uh, they just need, need more more time smoking as we were talking hour one. Yeah, I think I think they might, particularly on the offensive line. I mean, I know the record doesn't show it, and it and it needs to show it sooner rather than later. 
but like I do think this is probably the best Nebraska team so far of, of the Frost era. And that's with being well, well aware of the current limitations that this team has. An offensive line and the lack of a run game being perhaps the biggest one. And then special teams being the bizarre and annoying one. Um, even with that, like you kind of look at the rest of this schedule, and you know the danger with with a team like Nebraska that's been so volatile is that this could all sound entirely stupid uh, if Northwestern comes in and, and wins tonight. But it, it, they're making that progress, and it, it's frustrating how that keeps getting hidden because while they keep making kind of the same type. Of, of mistakes and they keep faltering in these, these close games, it, it takes a lot. I mean, that stuff kind of accumulates. It, it takes a lot to look past that. And so that's kind of the battle I think Nebraska is, is fighting at the moment. The only way, you know, it, it doesn't become, it doesn't overwhelm whatever progress is being made is to have some of these results start flipping Nebraska's way. And I think they've got a real opportunity here with back-to-back home games uh, and then a short trip to Minnesota. That's not going to be easy. Uh, your eighth game in eight weeks. But they've got a chance to kind of turn the tide around, I think, on this 2021 season. Brandon, it's one of those things, too, like, and, and you being a guy that likes to dive into the numbers, um, you know, there, there's such a thing as a statistical anomaly. And it just feels like Nebraska as a whole is, is such an anomaly. It, it, like, Granted, they can't pass block. They can't run block. They're 25th in total offense. The, the black shirts are, you know, we, most people feel is maybe their best outfit so far since, like, 2009, 2010. They're, like, 50th. Like, as somebody that appreciates numbers, dives into numbers, and think they can be telling, is this the, is this the most difficult <laughs> team that you've ever encountered? Uh, to try to apply any sort of statistical anything to these guys. Yeah, they're, they're challenging on a couple of fronts. You know, on a, on a points-per-play basis, this offense right now is the second best of the Frost era, you know, at the end of September. So that's what I looked at there. And it doesn't feel that way. They're not putting up a ton of points, but, um, it, you know, it, it is what it is. And even the defense... Like, and what they have done is, without criticism at this point, they are keeping points off the board. And bottom line, that's, like, all that matters. But there's a lot of numbers on the defensive side where you're like, like, well, that's more yards than I would have thought a defense like this is giving up. And that's a better kind of down-to-down success rate than I thought this defense would be giving up. So it's it's interesting. You know, you have the offense over here, which is kind of – uh, maybe greater than the sum of its parts so far, even working through, like, a, a, or working around a huge limitation with how the offensive line played so far. The defense, meanwhile, is like a straight bottom line business. They're like, yeah, you know, we'll give up some yards on first down, we'll give up some yards on second down, but we're going to keep you off the scoreboard. And at the end of the day, it's only the latter part that matters. All right, just going to jump in here real quick. Yeah, Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, the Saturday afternoon edition. That sounds weird to say. You can also check us out on the ESPN Lincoln Facebook page for the live stream. And, Brandon, I just want to get your take as we move forward in this season. What do you think the biggest issue is that Nebraska needs to get fixed if they want to make a run at 6-6 to make it into a bowl game? Is it that offensive line? Is it just pass blocking, special teams? There's a, a litany of issues that they could get fixed, but which do you think is most important to get fixed? 
Yeah, I think it's it's got to be the run game, so which would encapsulate the offensive line, but also the running backs. You know, and Ryan Held talked about it this week, and Frost has said it after games as well. They've got to be a little bit better too. So for, for Nebraska to get there, and, and you know, it's going to be they've got a shot to get to six six wins. I, I really do think that, but you're going to be in a ton of games that are that are close, and and that has been Nebraska's kryptonite of late. Um, you've got to be able to run the ball. And I'm not talking about you come out and the run game looks night and day different. It's kind of being able to run the ball when it matters. Getting down there in the red zone and, and having confidence in, you know, four or five, six series of runs that you can actually run and maybe boost that red zone scoring a little bit. Um, their best chance to, to kind of get get those four more wins and get into the postseason, I think, almost requires uh, a better rushing output than we've seen so far. That said, the Big Ten is traditionally a really tough conference to run in. So it's, a, it's an uphill climb for sure. Vogues, what do you anticipate from, from the O-line? Uh... You got uh, Big Teddy at left tackle today, the German at left guard. And do you think uh, Turner moves to right guard with Sichterman? But there could be a, a dose of a Bando, maybe. I don't think Ban- Banks is, is healthy enough. Maybe he is, uh, but he's got a, a dinged hand. So what do you anticipate from the O-line? Is it going to be better or just more of the, the same growing pains despite Northwestern allegedly not having an elite defense? Yeah, Northwestern's defense is is down from kind of its own impossibly high standard, but it doesn't come into this given the use they have on that side in sort of a decrepit state by any means. They'll still be able to challenge you. Um, and with this coaching staff, they'll know, you know, ways to to try and trick Nebraska's eyes and try to make things confusing and difficult up front because that's kind of been the book uh, on, on Nebraska and, and attacking that offensive line so far. I don't know if they'll if they'll be better, but I would expect to see a little bit more fire up front. Like, if you're going to make these changes, that's the one thing I, you should be able to bank on getting. Like, okay, Teddy, okay, Nori, here's, here's your chance to, to go out and really take hold of this and make it really hard to take you off the field. And to do that, you just got to come out and, and really play without without fear. So I, I would hope you could see a little bit of that, and I do think that would make things look better if you maintain that level for four quarters. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, I'm oversimplifying here, but you know when Frost first got here, he essentially said, "Hey, it's going to be Oregon speed and Husker power." So basically, just saying we're going to choose super fast and super big. Like, okay, that's Alabama, and no one else can do that. Uh, you kind of have to choose one. It seems like he started to sort of, like, lean towards speed with a lot of the recruits that were brought in, but most of them transferred out. Do you feel like, again, simplifying, he's kind of come to the realization, and Nebraska is marching towards a power, big-type offense, of course, with some speed sprinkled in? I, th- I think they're still trying to to blend those two things, and I think that will kind of remain the ideal. You know, it's interesting. I wonder how much of this is due to uh, Nebraska, how well the defense has played so far this year. Like, it was reasonable to expect them to be pretty good, but they've even exceeded my expectations through, through five games. Um, 
and also that that Illinois loss. You know, I, I talked after after that game of Nebraska's offense. Like, it's never had a problem putting up yards. Um, it's minus this year has really been a consistently on schedule team, which is a pretty big advantage. But they just ever they they rarely felt like the offense was in control of the game. You know, we were talking about yeah. Michigan-Wisconsin earlier. It always felt like Michigan was had the upper hand on that. And it's, it's hard to do without a time of possession edge, which if you're not going to have that, you've basically got to be kind of Chip Kelly-era Oregon or Frost-era UCF. Like, you have to produce at such a high level offensively if you're going to average 26 or 28 minutes of possession. So I'm interested if that's a switch that because that's been the case so far. Nebraska is on average over 30 minutes now, just by a touch. But it's it's a lot. You know, it's basically three minutes higher than they've been prior. Um, is that something that sticks around? And that's something I think could be just kind of realizing. You know, we want to go fast. We want the big plays. We want to do the same stuff we've always wanted to do. But it's okay to slow down a little bit because that has extra value in the Big Ten. Hmm. Vogues, give me a prediction here, bud, bud, before we say goodbye. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's always an adventure with Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, I think they have a, a, a pretty decided advantage in this based on what I've seen from both teams. And um, just being back home after two weeks away, you know, it's pretty rare. You got a night game, you should have a pretty raucous home crowd. So I'll, I'll take Nebraska, probably 34-24 range, somewhere in there. Frost is unbeaten once he hits 35 points. He is 3-17 and 17 when trailing at halftime. And Northwestern likes to, uh, as KGB would say, hanging around. We'll see if that's a real thing or not. Vogues, are you in the red track suit today for good luck? <laughs> I'm not, but it's, you know, we got a couple hours, so I can make that change if I need to. <laughs> I need a tweeted picture. That's pretty good. Vogues, we appreciate you much. Thanks for making time uh, this afternoon, and we'll see you and talk to you uh, next week. Okay, man? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right. Cranach, I love the Elton John red glasses, and you're just kind of marveling at, at the slot setup here by Alabama as they are just slicing and dicing they totally up, up four touchdowns. But, but can I tell you, underappreciated uniforms, Ole Miss. Oh, they're cool. Ole Powder Miss. blue, the red and the white. Yeah, Ole Miss has got a nice look about them. Awesome. They're not a very good – I mean, they're okay. No, they're good. They're 9-3. and three. They'll, they'll fall apart under Lane, of course. No, dude. I think he's – You think he's matured? I think he's got a sponsor that will kick his butt. You think he's matured? I think he's got a sponsor. Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, legit. I think he's got somebody that's got an eye on him. And after uh, the uh, trials and tribulations, I think I think Lane's actually grown up. Okay. More. more. He still probably has a good time. But So do you think it's him or Urban Meyer that replaces Frost in a couple years? Neither. Okay. <laughs> neither, neither. Oh, so you think it's going to be, uh, uh, what, Klein uh, Cleanin? What, what's the K-State guy? Chris Clean. No, I, I like Leipold. Oh, I think it would be Leipold. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we're having this conversation in two years. I think things get figured out. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll go have some one. more old fashioned. I'm gonna do. The that. Iron Horse is on. On deck. The on deck circle is there. Wave. Gary Sharp, stately. Yeah. As uh, we are here at the uh, Graduate Hotel, the single barrel. A lot of Nebraska fans hanging out, enjoying themselves. 
And uh, the Real Red reaction follows. Hail Varsity Weekend continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now it's time to get back to the Hail Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Oh, man. Happy, happy. I, I will, dude, I messed this up. I did the old hashtag Iron Horse. <laughs> But it's Iron Hose. <laughs> hey. The Iron Hose? Hey, that'll work. <laughs> the Iron Hose. Oh, my God. Um, we are here at the Single Barrel Tail Varsity Weekend, presented by the Roll Nebraska Roll damn tide. Hello. They are. It's uh, 35 rip over, Il- <laughs> over Ole Miss. Gary Sharp. With this, you hear him. That's really uh, throwing you off. Oh, but I mean, I just—it's—it's it's funny. It's great, but it's—it's it's a misstep. But uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the iron hose would be hard to put on. The iron hose would be hard to put on. They just would. They just would. <laughs> you, right, you sure, Western uh, Nebraska? Chris, you, you sure that this show is brought to you by the Nebraska Lottery and not by Viagra? I, I, you know, that's a bad hashtag. Almost as bad as picking Alabama to be beaten on the road by Ole Miss. Is that what you did? Not me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because if you did, you need to take the next 30 minutes off. Ask. ask I will do. I will do that. I will remove myself from this live stream here. (laughs) Hey, look at, look at Elijah there. He's all decked out in his GBR gear. Clausburn accused him of, of taking mushrooms and then needing a mentor. Wow. So this uh, this show has jumped the shark uh, yeah. a little bit. How you doing, Mark? It's kind of how the season is, though, right? Well, Very, the, can you salvage the season with a win tonight and knowing what's coming to town next weekend? I'm excited for yeah. next weekend, but eat what's no, on your plate. No, you can't no, look no. ahead. You can't look ahead. Yeah, don't look ahead. What, do you not, have you not we, followed we Nebraska can. football for a while? Yeah. No, I know tonight's going to be a white yeah. knuckler again. You can't but even it, look but past it, a punt. But it shouldn't. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I know that eight of the ten games in the Big Ten – have been one-score games. There are the two games that are more than one score, one by Nebraska. I have said this all week long about Northwestern. Northwestern has got a really good football program. Fat Fitzgerald is a really good coach that they get off to slow starts, and then they find a way to turn it around. Yeah. But they lost a lot of talent from last year's team. They lost NFL guys yeah. off of last year's roster. And they don't get a lot of those. And... They're in a transition phase where it's all about when you play somebody. And yeah. I think this is a Northwestern team that isn't the eight or nine win team. It's that eight, nine win team last year. They have a year off where they win four, five, maybe six, and then they bounce back. It feels like the middle year this year where Nebraska is getting them at the right time. They don't run the ball real well against power five. They are still unsettled at quarterback. They have a brand-new defense, which is much different than last year. If Nebraska, even with the warts that Nebraska has, plays on the same level they played the last two weeks, I think this is a 31-17 type game. And if it's not, I'm a little bit concerned. That's what you, Look, that's what it should be. I think the issue is, and I don't know how you fix it, or it, maybe it won't be an issue today, but like the easy downs, you know, usually when it's like, ah, three and out, okay, they're going to no. have to punt, I can go to the fridge, grab a beer, whatever. No. Those easy things, punts, should go 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Maybe guy gets a five-yard return. Kickoffs, they should go through the end zone. Chip shot field goals, those should just happen. Extra points, those should just happen. Field a punt, that should just happen. Those easy things don't happen. And so to like try to come up with a score prediction for a team that rolls like that, 
is like it's impossible. So it's absolutely impossible. I, I think in special teams, and it's all about details. And in Nebraska, if they have just some fixing of some mistakes, they could salvage this season or at least keep this season on the right track. I think when punters and place kickers show up, you're not going to change them very much. No. They're kind of what they are with a little tweak here or there. It's all about coverage unit and the IQ of playing special teams. Yep. Can Nebraska fix that? I don't know because that's ingrained. This is a, a disorganized football program that in that area is very undisciplined. But I think what you'll see tonight is the gradual turning of the corner of more consistent offensive line play because I think you're going to see a lot of guys play, and I think you're going to see some interesting combinations, especially at the beginning. I think Teddy Prohaska starts at left tackle. I think Turner Corcoran slides over to right tackle. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Hart play a little bit of guard. I think Nebraska, because here's what Scott had to do after last Saturday, guys, and I said on my show he should have taken over special teams because he needs to send a message to this football team. He needs to get their attention, and I said, you know what? Take over special teams on your own, and that will send a message. Ah, it's not happening, but I think they're going to send a message by what they're going to do on the offensive line. Will that make a difference? I don't know. you got a magician at quarterback that has bailed you out, but you can't have your whole offense be Adrian Martinez. But Okay, so th- th- this is very surprising on offense because now, now it's reached the offensive line. We have not figured out or, or have any idea, what, what, what are you doing with the running back rotation? Who's your starting running back? It's been an Who's issue for three there? years. That's been a personnel problem on the, at running back. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver's been kind of similar. I, I think you kind of know who your guys are, but for some reason they disappear and they don't play and they don't get any snaps. Now it's, now it's reached the offensive line where it's like the guys that were sort of all coming back, the guys that kind of cemented themselves in the fall, all of a sudden just aren't good enough, and now you're just throwing in a true freshman. Like... <laughs> I don't know, man. Do we is think it this be is better, actually right? right? Do we think this is actually going to solve something? Well, it has to be better than the alternative because right now your two tackles are some of the worst in terms of pass pro and just playing the game of football. And you got to do something. You cannot stay status quo and just start leaning on as they spend more time together. It's just going to work out as the year goes along. You're in crunch time now. I mean, you, after tonight, you're halfway through the season and. You are three and three, one and two. If you win, if not, then it's over. I mean, it's it's very, yeah. very, very uncomfortable you around think that, here. Chris? I I think their season's over. Absolutely, because oh, you're you're eliminated. Because now you start to look at what's here next week. And then you got to go on the road. You yeah. know, I mean, it, they, you, they everybody get... does the math. So this is this is one of those. Is it is it called must win or can't lose game tonight? It's can't lose. Yeah. But this is a game that if you are telling me that you are making progress. You win this football game, and you show some progress in areas that you've struggled. But I think it's not all on the offensive line. You're right, Mark. But I think because of their inability to do simple things up front, it throws the entire thing off, and they are super uncomfortable in what they want to do because you don't game plan for the offensive line is going to give you breakdowns or the offensive line is going to start slow, and then at some point they're going to play well during the game. If you go back to last week, there were times where that offensive line you started to go, okay, I can see this, but it wasn't series after series, and I, I... I think you got to shake it up and see what the alternative is. And if that works, then you ride with it. But that's a big step for Teddy Prohaska to play. But I also think <laughs> if you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, 
you do it against a team like Northwestern that doesn't have the Dean Lowry's that they've had in the past when they've come sure. in here on the defensive line. Oh, they don't have those kind of guys. So it's not like going up against Aiden Hutchinson next week at Michigan. Your first 60 snaps of playing at tackle, if that's the case tonight, is against Northwestern. Did Nebraska make – I'm going to go back two weeks. Did they make a mistake not helping – their tackles with and and OU has two Sunday guys that are Mm going to be in the top 20 that said one's a linebacker one's uh, edge rusher did Nebraska make a mistake not giving either of their tackles wherever he lined up help so here so it's one thing to get beat it's one thing to be inconsistent it's another thing for a Ben Hart to lose confidence it's another thing for Corcoran to try and work through this is his camp since he didn't have camp did they help their guys on the line out well you know I thought in the Oklahoma game they did when Vokalek came back they used a lot of two tights uh last week they tried but pure and simple this is on your tackles what happened to their athleticism I mean they, they can get outside and, and and stop that guy on the outside where's that athleticism and you know I, I mean Ben Hart is not an all big 10 tackle right now Corcoran has shown you. I think we 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 probably put Jumped too much stock into him. the Rutgers game, but he still, so good, still though. though, he's one of your highest recruits ever. So I'm wondering, and I would feel more comfortable if it's that injury in camp is still bothering him. Okay. Then hey, this is the guy. This is the finished product. So you got to find some athleticism at your tackles, and maybe by flipping Corcoran, he's more comfortable on that side. But you have to do something. And then I think we're going to see Noelle play at guard. I mean, I think that'll be another. I mean, he's, he's somebody that's already started in Division One football. So you have to do something because unless they get that fix where they don't have breakdowns, you know, with four guys doing one thing, one guy not, their offense can't move forward. And I think they get when something doesn't go as planned, I think on the offensive side of the ball, it's like, whoa, what do we do? Gary Sharps with us, Sale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. We're here at the Single Barrel uh, Weekend Edition uh, show. We're doing a little bit of a flex schedule here, three to five ahead of Nebraska North. Ahead of Nebraska Northwestern. Uh, Good crowd here, folks milling around here uh, in the uh, the Haymarket. Sharpie, you're you're right about the O line, and when it doesn't go to plan, it, it disrupts running game. It makes Adrian. Uh, much more appreciated because of all the bailing out he's done. Uh, the wide receivers have been good, but you wonder who's hurt. It's kind of been week by week. Yeah, it, it, big big to watch bets tonight to see if is he's he going. Up. Is he? Well, he has a rib injury. Yeah. And you saw the impact it had in the second half because he is, I think he's kind of mer- merging into the number one guy. Big you know, guy. Torre has kind of been game planned against the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He hasn't been completely taken away, but Betts is a whole different animal out there on the field. I think it's going to be really hard for him to play Oliver, uh, tonight. Oliver Martin should be yeah. back tonight. Uh, and he had a really good offseason. So, so kind of, I, I think where you're going, uh, Schmitty, and, and Mark, I, I, I'll turn the question back to you. So if you're looking at what Adrian does well, and, and when you tell Adrian's story, you tell the positive, but you also have to tell the negative. Yep. I think he was much better against Oklahoma than he was against Michigan State. Fair. Uh, I, yeah. But he's what he is your whole offense, and you can't have that. But I like what they did a couple of times, and maybe this is something that continues tonight. I like when they roll him out and they move the pocket for him. If you go back, I think one of the sneaky, great calls last week was on fourth and two. And they rolled him out 
And he was yeah. basically on an island by himself, but he had enough space and time that he could survey the field, but yep. he didn't have to run 10 yards down the field to get a first down. He had to just go to two, and so he made the decision that nobody's open. I'm not going to force it, and he powered his way for the first down. I wonder if we'll start to see more of that until they're more comfortable with their offensive line. You, you nailed yeah. it, and I remember the play. It was, it was fourth and short, and you, have two, you had three guys and two players. It was Adrian, it was Omar Manning, and two dudes went with Omar. Adrian shook the linebacker, got four. I yeah. uh, yes, give me give me that run instead of the the uh, the RPO that is kind of the lateral pass. Give me the RPO where I've got a tight end or a wideout in the slot in the flat where it's a run pass option. He can keep or dump off for five that turns into twelve with a tight end with an Omar. Do something like that, and and you 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 see it briefly, but you saw it, and I wish they would have gone to it in overtime. Well, it, I don't know. Mark, you and I have had this conversation. The offensive play calling is very sporadic. Yes. Um, it's been better you, the last two weeks, though. You can see designs where, yeah. like, for example, there was a swing pass to uh, Morrison They went last well, week 12 yards. That could have gone for more. But then what was you get? But then they're good between the 20s, and then they get into the red uh-huh. zone, and it gets real sporadic. I go back yeah. to... You threw a screen to Omar Manning, and it was Manning against three guys. <laughs> then you came back, and you're telling me Brody Belt is part of your goal line package? Now, he bounced back in the second half, and they hit him for 30, but he ends up out of midfield. But yeah. in that scenario, he's in your goal line package? It just yeah. It's a very sporadic play calling right now. And the thing I'm worried about is Nebraska scripts their plays. Well, aren't those supposed to be your best plays that you rep the most at the beginning of the game? Nebraska's got a field goal against an FBS team. Well, 10 points, five quarters. It's brutal. And that's a field goal, a record-setting field goal for Culp against Oklahoma. Thank God the defense is only getting up nine points, but you, you've only scored one touchdown in the first quarter this year off your scripted plays. Here's the other question I have, and I'm not saying they should do this because maybe there's a reason, but it's a real question. Look, you want to get tall receivers and tight ends mm-hmm. So you can throw the ball up to them and let them make a play. Vertical. Right? Yep. Fade routes in the end zone, jump balls. You literally never see that. Like, Austin Allen is the tallest football player in the United States. Do you think that comes back to like, the T word? Trust. Yep. Could uh, be. Where if, if it's Could not be. there, we're not going to throw it away. Instead, we're going to force it. I think they want. But that's they, why you want big guys. They do. And I, I, right? I think with the two tight ends, I, I think jump balls, 50-50 balls, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think there's the trust of, oh, boy, we're going to turn it over. I think they want so desperately in the red zone just to be able to line up the football and run it. They, you want to talk trust. They have zero inside the 20 to be able to run, run it, line up. And, and run that's it. what they, ideally they would love to do. Huh. But but we but all we they? all say, man, you've got you got six four, you got six five, you got a six nine tight end. Yeah. Just just run a fade something. But, Even though I'm not a big fan of fades in the end zone. But, but the types of runs you want to do inside the twenties or inside the twenty, I would think would be a little bit different. Like this might sound weird, but like going under center, let, letting your letting your running back get ahead of steam as opposed to shotgun handoff, you got tackles that can't block. <laughs> right? Like, that's not going to work well for you generally. You know, I, I, it just feels like overall, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, Gary, and just wondering where, where your take is here. It, you know, I think if we back up, I think it is a staff that realizes, like, they're in an offensive transition right now. They wanted to be one thing coming in. 
Yep. They are not that thing. They cannot be that thing. Don't they look like a Big Ten team right now? I'm not saying that's bad. Right. But they look like a Big Ten team. Right. The way they operate offensively. Yeah. And I, but I think, honestly, I think it's I think this is sort of a transitional year. We don't want it to be, but offensively, your plan that you had coming in ain't working, and it isn't going to. you got to recognize that and make adjustments. So, they have yeah. body type-wise, thankfully, but yeah. you still got to get it from a schematic standpoint. I don't know if this is evolving. It may just be this is what we have, like you were referring to, Mark, is they value, I think, the possessions a lot more on offense. Yeah. Where it's not just bang, bang, bang. Now, with this defense, you know, you can you can probably do all the tricks and stuff, but I think they value the possessions more where they want a ball control because it's such a weird offense. They struggle on first and second down, but look what they're doing on third down. They're successful on third down. Know. How does that make sense? It do, they do. They make no sense. Listen, they can't pass block or run block, and they're 25th in the country offense. I know. Like what? And they're what, How 76th in scoring? I, right. Yeah. And the defense, everybody's like, it's the 85 Bears, and they're like 50th. You're like, what? <laughs> Ninth yeah. in the league. So now, now, real quick, you were high on him. I was not. I thought he was transferring. I think it's pretty clear that Ramir is your guy. He's your number one. Yeah. back. I think you need to feed him a lot more, and I want to see – not equal carries with Sevion, but Morrison, I think, needs more carries than he's getting. I agree. I think he's a change-up back. I still don't know what's happening there because Ramirez checks all the boxes of what they want out of a running back. Yeah. Uh, he's tough. I feel he like he's catch close the ball. To, I feel like he's close to breaking one. Yes. And, and, they, and they actually need that. They need yeah. that big time. But I, I, think, I, I think Morrison is the change-up back. I think Step has really fallen out of favor. I, and yeah. I think tonight might be a night for Yant as the third guy. Huh. Okay, he slimmed down enough. I haven't seen much out of step to think that he deserves more. Well, you, you saw him run for 100, and then he's gotten himself onto a milk carton, and I think there's something going on there. Attitude. He's not yeah. getting the touches, and he's un, un, unhappy with that. Sharpie, real quick. Yeah. Uh, Elijah, you jumping in here before we uh, we say goodbye? I mean, I can. I was told because of my take yesterday that I had to spend 30 minutes away from the live stream. So okay, okay, you're that. right. You're still, in <laughs> you're still in timeout. You're in jail. You're in jail, Elijah. Last thought, uh, quick timeout. Nick Henrich, our conversation with him to wrap up in a moment. Give me, give me a final thought. 31-17, Nebraska wins. Don't overthink this. Um, warts and all. I think that's still a good football team, but until they get out of their own way, we won't know, and they're still a 500 football team. But they can they can set themselves up for a nice little opportunity here by taking care of a team that is anti-Nebraska, that doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't commit penalties, is fifth in the country in punt returns. You find a way to win tonight. And you know what? You welcome Michigan in here next week, and the buzz here in town gets a little bit bigger, and the opportunity is there again. But they have to take care of business tonight, and I don't want to see them get off to a good start because if not, then you're relying on that defense once again, and there's going to come that one game where the defense struggles. It won't be tonight. This is not a Northwestern team that's going to blow you away, but this will be a Northwestern team that will cause you fits how quickly you get away from them. But I like 31-17, and I don't think the 31-17 close game, I think Nebraska gets up by more than one score and then kind of keeps it that way. If not, boy, that'll be a tension convention in that stadium. Yeah, it'll be be rough. Gary Sharp, Sharpie, thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Good seeing you, though. Iron Horse, Mark Knack. Iron Hose. A quick timeout. (laughs) Both. (laughs) A quick timeout. Wow. Uh, Elijah will take us home and our conversation, Nick Henrich. You can't iron the hose. It's Hale Varsity Radio. (laughs) Burn them. Weekend here at the Single Barrel. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Nick Enrich with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Nick, uh, let's uh, talk about Coach Rude real quick and how he's able to connect with you and, and some of your mates on the interior and what you're able to pick up from him and, and how uh, inside played great on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Coach Rude's he's always been a guy that all the insides have loved because he demands excellence from us and he has always a big emphasis on the routine and stacking days, and I think that's helped us uh, improve each week, and that's something we're going to need to continue to do throughout the season. How did you guys get prepped so well um, for for Sparty? I mean, incredible performance, uh, front seven, the entire defense, but specifically uh, with tackling. I know there's limited contact compared to what it used to be, but you guys were dialed in. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not – killing guys in practice you can still work your tackling it's all about finishing and near foot up so that's something we've been really trying to emphasize and i think that really helped saturday just have an emphasis on that so that's something we're going to need to continue to emphasize and get better on what was the communication like from coach chenander and the plan if you don't mind me asking what was the goal you obviously don't let walker get going but the execution part of it how how well was that managed by by the entire defense when it comes to, to job responsibility and then mm-hmm. staying within that? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have a, a huge call list, really. We were just going to play our stuff, and we knew the kind of adjustments they would try and do, so we had adjustments for that and then ended up working great. Everyone was really doing their job and locked in, so that was huge. As you guys have gotten back to practice, have you had to pick up the, the offensive side of the ball or special teams, or is, is the... I guess the mojo, is it all right heading into another game? Yeah, I mean, it's always like as a defense, we first, we never point fingers. We always look at what we could have done better and we own it. You know what I mean? So and special teams as well, like there's a lot of defensive guys on special teams. So when that's not good, it can be a reflection of just still like do your job, do your job, do your job. That's really just been the emphasis this week. Do you do much on special teams? Yeah, I'm on punt. Okay, so how... Take me through a, a sideline call and then out into action and how miscommunications can happen. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was. I think you're talking about. You're talking about the one. Yeah. So, punt return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the ball's kicked right, like supposed to be kicked right, it's got to be kicked right. But at the same time, like we can make up for that with effort. You know what I mean? Like and speed. And but it's just about doing your job and. If we're never pointing fingers, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like one play didn't change that game. Like, we could have done a billion different things better on, not a billion, but we could have done things better on defense, and then we would have even been talking about this, you know what I mean? So it's always about just owning your craft and doing your job. Nick Henrich with us, and uh, we'll get you out of here on this, but uh, at what point did you feel comfortable? Uh, you're a pretty high-profile recruit. You've kind of meshed well with that 19 class. You've touched on that and made some really good bonds. But when you when did you feel really comfortable speed of the game-wise here in college? Yeah, I mean, it took some time, definitely adjusting stuff like that, but I wouldn't have changed a thing. I'd probably say probably Minnesota last year when I just – I really knew I was like, okay, like this is this is it. Like I can play and do really well at this level, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So you just played, yeah, quite a bit faster. Yeah, it was just it was kind of my first game playing back at inside after I moved to outside, kind of back in my natural position. I was just like, okay, yeah, like I got this. You know what I mean. Last thought here: uh, What are you guys expecting against Northwestern from an, from your own energy, 
and, and then also the crowd. Yeah, I mean, Memorial Stadium is Memorial Stadium, you know what I mean? You know that crowd's going to be great uh, night game. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to bring the juice, and we know the fans will too. Nick, good to spend time with you. Thanks. Yep, thank you.